just honor the presence of the Holy Spirit who's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We honor you. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. Thank you for your presence that has filled your house. Lord, what a message to us. You were here. You said you'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. You'd go with us all the way to the end of the age. Thank you, and we honor you, Lord. And wonderful place of victory. Oh, we bless your name. If you will trust in me and stop leaning upon your own amen, understanding. Amen. If you have your Bibles, won't you turn you with me to Philippians chapter three and verse twelve? I have a supernatural plan in place. You must, by faith, trust in me, lean upon me, look to me, and I will provide. But I will not provide in a way. That you will Last week, at the conclusion of the me. service, at the end of the message, the I kind of gave a little do not allow instruction, yourself and it was more or less just a, faith. you know, an excitement kind of statement. Let my joy become right, your man, strength we've got a made and up get mind. back made to up your first mind. love, an undivided heart. We're going forward for Jesus. And I looked at you and I said, trust and know that I am here in great power, and I will bring you through. And I had no idea that was going to be the message for this week. Look to me carry right over into that what do we do when we've made up our mind what do we do when we finally made up our mind the thing to do is to get rolling get started get going don't look back but to keep pressing towards the prize the enemy loves loves us to change our mind he loves us to make new decisions he loves us to decide to do right as long as we don't do anything about it jesus is the answer it's when we put action behind that faith the bible says the just will live by their faith. That we walk by our faith. That means there's action. We have to do something. And that's what I want to share with you today, reading from the scripture. Then I'm going to recognize some folks who are here. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 12. Paul writing, Paul of all people, kind of a little, like, really, Paul? I mean, you of all people, the apostle the one who wrote most of the New Testament, the one who suffered so much, was the apostle to the Gentiles. I mean, really, Paul, you feel this way? He says, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. You know what he's saying right there? If you've ever really looked at that closely, He's saying, I got to press on. I, I want to embrace him. I want to find him, know him like he. I want to pursue him like he has pursued me. I don't know about you. God found me. He knew right where I was and he knew what I needed. He sent the right messages, the right words. He, he pursued me until I could not say no. I couldn't say no. I felt his spirit and his power. I felt him so strong. I was like, there was no way to get around it. I mean, I, could, I would have had to have just put my fingers in my ears, closed my eyes, and made faces to get him to leave me alone. He pursued me. Paul said, I want to lay hold of him like he laid hold of me. Brethren, he says, I don't count myself to have apprehended or embraced it all. But one thing I do... Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize 
of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Don't ever get it wrong. Don't ever think it's about the promotion. Don't ever think it's about the toys. Don't ever think it's about the achievements or all the positions or all the power you'll attain or get in this world. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that's what it's all about. The prize of life is Jesus Christ. That is it. All encompassed in one statement and in one name. Don't look to the left or to the right. Don't start leaning on the arm of flesh now. Jesus is coming. He's coming soon. He wants us to be ready, watching and waiting. And my, my admonition to you this morning is do not allow your focus to be changed. Don't let anybody, don't let anything in this world get you detoured and get you off track. I'm telling you, focus on the prize. It's going to be worth it. I said it's going to be worth it when we all get there. Linda Robinson would look at us today and she'd say, get here as quickly as you can. She'd add buddy at the end. She'd say, buddy, get here as quickly as you can. Virgil Amberg, would say, it was everything I ever thought and more. He'd say, Liz, you never even preached about half of the stuff I've seen. It's going to be awesome when we get there. It's going to be awesome. Don't let anything, don't start getting yourself all high, thinking this is it and you've made it and you're on top of the heap. Paul said, I press toward the goal. Not like I've, I haven't attained nothing. He's, he's one of the leaders. The apostle of the Gentiles. He, is, he was in charge, man. Before that, he was one of the pharmaceutical leaders. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He said, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, because you know it's immaturity that does otherwise. Just know that. If you're one of these people that's all hung up on. And you're immature. Have this mind, he said. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it, even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, he says, join in following my example. I find that to be interesting since just a few verses up, he says, I haven't attained anything. I haven't apprehended anything. I am pressing towards the goal. I'm sweating my guts out to get to the prize. He says, so follow my example. Okay, we're going to look at that. And note those who also walk like that. As you have us for a pattern. For many walk, of whom I've told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven. Did you hear that, Orville? Your passports, it's for heaven. You're just passing through here. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to His glorious body, according to the working by which He is able even to subdue all things to Himself. 
That's some pretty good scripture reading right there. I mean, that's some good stuff. I ought to hear at least a little bit of an amen. Amen. That's good preaching. If I just close the book, you could go home and say, My, we had a steak dinner at church today. I haven't obtained it. I haven't apprehended, Paul said. But this one thing I do. I press towards the goal of the prize in the upward high calling of Christ Jesus. He made it very clear how we have victory in our lives. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God. Speak to us in the next few moments. I pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. You can be seated. Now, with everyone else seated, I want Linda to stay standing. Linda Elliott, happy birthday to you. And you got a whole row of people I hear. All your family stand up with you. Stand up, guys. All these folks came to be in church with Linda today. Happy. It came from some from from where? From all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, just to hear me preach. You're awesome, dude. <laughs> Happy, birthday Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Linda. Happy birthday to you. All right, give it up. Now, after today, we will charge $100 for that if you get it anymore. We're not going to sing that every service, but my goodness, she fills up a whole pew. We'll sing three rounds of it. (laughs) Thank you all for coming. God bless you. You're welcome at Stratford Heights today. Glad to have you. You know, Paul must have been a sports guy. I mean, he had to be. I mean, when you look at his writings over and over again, he was always talking about sports. He was always making reference to uh, issues that are things, making illustrations, using analogies that dealt with the sports world. I mean, a little list I wrote down, wrestling, boxing, running, winning the race, winning the prize, winning crowns. I mean, he always made a comparison to this life, our spiritual life, with us running a race or being in a boxing ring, fighting. You know, we even know that when he sent for Timothy... His very last words, you know, his departure time, he wrote in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, For I am already poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them who also love his appearing. He wrote these words. I mean, the last thing on his mind was about sports. I mean, I kind of have a feeling that Paul would have like been at his house as ESPN would have been on 24-7. And I also really am firmly, I, I did some research. I am convinced, Cameron, that, that Paul the Apostle was a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. I know he was. You say, Pastor, what do you mean you did research? Well... I went to the Message Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24. Somebody say, uh-huh. You've all, it says, you've all been to the stadium and seen the athletes race. Everyone runs, one wins. Immediately, I thought of Ohio State. It says, run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. 
And then I checked out that word stadium and I went to the ancient Buckeye text and, and it stands for O-H. You read it too. Awesome. Awesome. So we know Paul was a fan of the Ohio State Buckeyes. Soon and very soon. He always made sports applications and and it was awesome. And I'm sure in heaven he's he's a sports athletic director. But sports teaches us lots of things. I've used them several times in my own preaching and, and I never really was, you know, very athletic in the world, but I love sports. I love to watch rugby. I love to watch Coach Brian Bales when he's doing his thing with his team. And so many of our young people that are involved in sports. Teaches, sports teaches you discipline, training, perseverance, teamwork, the value of setting goals, learning how to keep victory and defeat all in the right perspective. It teaches you not only how to start well, but sports and sportsmanship teaches you how to finish well as, as well. It's right that when we finish, you know, that, that we don't just start off in, in a football game. You can't just come out leading in the first half. You, you've got to lead in the last half. You've got to keep going and, and you've got to finish well. If we want to ever win the game, we've got to finish. And there's scriptures, you know, all of, we've read scriptures about the Lord, about those who endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And talk about those that, that fight the good fight and, and don't give in and don't quit. Be like good soldiers working towards the, the end result, which is victory and championship. The Christian life is much that same way with us. It's not enough to start out with a big bang, but we've got to end well. I'm telling you, if there's any place, any place where these principles work, it should work with our Christian walk with God because you can start out well and there's nothing more disturbing to me and hurtful in my life than, than seeing a Christian, someone who was once fired up, somebody who once had the, the filling of the Holy Spirit and they once had direction and inspiration and they were a leader among leaders and they were given to ministry and loved the Word of God. There's nothing more disturbing to me and more disappointing than you'll lose track of them. Maybe they've moved out of state or you'll see them after a while and, and then you find out, man, that they, you, you run into them or something and you just find out that they're completely off track in every way and, and are just so disturbing. I, I met a young man years ago. I'd raised him in my youth group and, and it had been a while since I'd seen him and he, he had went off into the world. And when, when I got around him, I mean, he, he was raised to know better than all he was into and all he was doing. He had the audacity to ask me to go to meet him at a tavern. I said, well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll meet you at a pizza place, but I'm not going there. And he had, when we got there, you know, he cussed and had all, just every other word was a cuss word. And, and I just, I sat there the whole time and I was just so sad in my heart. And I finally looked at him and I said, hey, I know that you're bad now. I know how bad you are. You've shown me how bad you are. Could you please stop cussing in my presence like this? Because I know you know better. It's nothing more disturbing and more disappointing than when people who've started the race throw in the towel, give it up. And for some reason, and I do not know why, but for some reason when people who have been involved in spirit-filled churches, they tend to, when they go off, they really go off. I mean, they just don't do it a little bit. They go big time. I don't know why. I mean, maybe like this young man, they just want to prove how bad they can be. 
I had one young man call me about 4 o'clock in the morning one day when I was in youth ministry, and he'd went off into the world. And he called me, and I answered the phone, and I said, Hey, how you doing? What's going on? And he said, he was crying, and he said, What do you do when you've done everything they ever told you you couldn't do, and you're still miserable and unhappy? I said, What you do is you come back to Jesus, and you get it right. You get it right. That young man did, and he serves God today with his family. He went off and had to do everything he could possibly do, and in that, he found no satisfaction there. These principles that are in the Word, they're all there for us to understand and know that God has a plan for our victory and for our good. He wants us to win. That's why Paul makes the comparisons to sports. He wants us to understand it's about championships. It's about victory. It's about a trophy and about a prize. It's about winning in the end. And when I get across, I mean, I'll tell you, I'm determined, Gene, I'm going to win. I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to quit now. There ain't no way I'm going to give in now. I'm going to go all the way. And I don't, I don't need your positions. I don't need your rewards. I don't need your recognition. I don't need you to pat me on the back. I don't need all that. I love love and I love thank yous. And it's so sweet and precious. And we all need to encourage one another. Okay. But we don't need that. We don't seek that. We're not about that. If you need that, you're off track. You need to get back on track to where you understand it's about being selfless and giving everything you've got in surrender to a Christ, to a, a Lord who is out there waiting for us. And he has already given us everything we'll ever need. When we have made up our mind, it's time to get on your mark. Get on your mark. You've made up your mind. It's time to get things squared away. Understand the way it is. And one of the, one of the words in that first part of the scripture, not that I have already obtained all this, Paul said, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He said, brothers, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, and that's what's stuck, that's on your mark. One thing I do, I'm not going to get detoured. I'm not going to let the politics, I'm not going to let the philosophers, I'm not going to let the educators, I'm not going to let the philosophers of this world, the gurus, the celebrities, I'm not going to let them change my mind. I believe my mama and my grandma's religion was good enough for them. It's good enough for me. It's, a, it's about Jesus Christ and understanding he is still the answer for the world. They're trying to find all kinds of answers. They're trying to run us to more doctors, more psychiatrists, more information on the Internet. There's all kinds of places. Everybody's trying to give us an answer. But I still believe Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is still the answer. This Bible I'm holding in my hand is still the instruction manual to get to heaven. This is still the way to go. And when we understand that and we stay true to that, it's time to get on our mark. It's time to get focused. Understand we're not perfect in ourselves. We are only made powerful through Christ. I can do all things through Christ. It's Christ, Paul said, that lives in me that gives me the victory. You ain't as cute as you think you are. The power of God. Paul says, I'm not there yet. I'm a work in progress. And I love that about Paul because Paul, I mean, Paul, of all people, he was it, man. I mean, I can't wait to meet Paul. Paul was the apostle of apostles. 
He was the king of it all. I mean, he was like the Tim Tebow of heaven. I'm just going down that sports road today, you know. Before long, I'll be flexing over here. Don't say it, Cameron. You're laughing. I'm not going to stop. I'm not where I want to be. I'm pastor of this church, and I'm not where I want to be. So don't tell me you've made it. Don't tell me you've arrived. As a matter of fact, about the time you think that you've made it, that's when you're at your weakest point. I believe we ought to be learning and growing and getting closer and closer and closer to the Lord every minute and hour of our lives. And if you're not, then you're going backwards. It's like, I believe we're like on an escalator. We're constantly either moving forward. And if we're not moving forward, we're going the opposite direction. You ain't made it. You don't know it all. You ain't come to the top of the mountain. You ain't Yoda. I don't feel good, so I can say whatever I want today. (laughs) I'm not going to stop, though. I'm like Paul. I'm I'm determined. More and more people that I I take to the cemetery, the more people I take, I'm more determined than I've ever been. I'm not going to lose sight. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give in. I'm not about to let anybody cause me to be cold and indifferent. I'm not going to let your attitude mess with my attitude. I'm not going to let your, your issues be my issues. I'm going to keep directing you to the cross, keep directing you to Jesus, and I'm going to be full of joy everywhere I go. And I'm going to lift up the name of the Lord in every conversation and in everything that I do. You know why? Because I'm pressing towards the prize. I'm going for the goal. I'm not letting anybody keep me back. I will one day step across the pearly gate and it'll be in my rearview mirror because I'll be walking on streets of gold. I can't wait until I see all those sights, all those things that we only heard about before. Can't wait until my faith is in my back pocket because I've got sight and I can smell it and touch it and feel it and see it. Can't wait for that day. I'm not going to let anybody, I'm not going to let anything. There ain't nothing in this life worth losing out on all that is. I told the Lord early, early this morning, I was just belly aching because I didn't feel good. And I was like, God, just please touch me. I pray that you touch me, Lord. I I need to feel good. I got to preach three times today. And I just, you know, I was whining, whining, whining. And the Lord let me know. He said right there, he said, Man, I, I've been waiting on you this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you. What more do you need? If you if you sick all day long, what more do you need than me? You got me. And I said, I, I got you, Lord. And he said, you need to know that's all you need. That's all you need. And I'm like, I, you're all I need, Lord. And I started singing it. You're all I need. And he said, stop that. Just tell me how you are. You know, I was trying to be all spiritual. The Lord is just like, just understand and know I'm with you. I'll be with you. And I got here to the church, and, and I'm sitting in my office, and I'm, I'm getting ready. To, you know, and, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, old Doug Abney comes over and grabs me and says, Hey, there's a whole classroom of folks waiting on you right now. They're ready to lay hands on you. I said, Well, praise God. You know, I'll be right there in a few minutes. I went down there. We walked in there, and I mean, the power of God fell in that place. I felt the power of the Lord. And you know what? One of the ladies grabbed up the Bible, opened it up to a scripture where he was talking about, my hand is on you. I am favoring you. I love you, and I'm going to be with you. I'm going to strengthen you, and I'm going to take you all the way across. He, He gave me what I needed right there. He ain't going to let us down. I'm not going to quit now, and neither are you. Not as long as I'm your pastor. 
You can run me out of Dodge if you want to, but here's the way it's going to happen. Clear up until that moment. I'm going to be after you. I'm going to be after you to say, man, come on now. Don't give in. Don't get discouraged. Don't let the enemy cause you to be defeated. You stay strong. You stay full of God. You stay full of the Holy Ghost. Don't you let anything detour you from where you're headed because I'm telling you, it's worth it when we get there. It's going to be worth it. I may fall seven times, but Proverbs 24, 16 says, For a righteous man may fall seven times, but he's going to rise up every time he falls. We're not in heaven yet, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm meaning to go. I'm as good as already there. I, there ain't no way. I mean, how many of you feel that way this morning? On your mark. This one thing I do. Paul had a made-up mind. I'm glad they sung that today. I, I thought about it all week long. You, we just got to make up our mind. The, the trouble that people have at times, they ain't made up their mind. They keep all their sins in their back pocket, wait, ready to pull them out as soon as they get discouraged enough, as soon as they get hurt, as soon as somebody gives them an attitude in church. You know, as soon, as soon as somebody offends you, you're ready to pull out your sins and go right back to it. And you even make yourself feel like you're justified for that. Let me tell you something. He went to the cross and conquered every bit of that. You have no business hanging on to any of that stuff. He has already slayed every devil and demon that would ever poison itself against you. And you are victorious through him. So quit feeling sorry for yourself and get up and get to the prize. Get to the high calling found in Christ Jesus. Sometimes you just got to look at people and you just got to say, you know, somebody says, well, I just don't know how to quit. I looked at somebody not too long ago and I was feeling real pastoral, Brother McCoy. I looked at him and I said, well, I just don't know how to quit, Pastor. I, I just want to quit doing this and that, and I just can't quit. I said, looked at him. He said, what, what do you suggest? What do you recommend? I said, quit. Stop. You knucklehead, that was inside. <laughs> quit. That's how you, how do you stop rebelling and sinning against God? Stop. Make up your mind. That's how you do it. Well, it's just so hard. I mean, people are, they hurt me and I'm, I'm just acting out of my hurt. <laughs> well, baby, let me go get you some diapers and we'll put you back in the crib. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. We've all been hurt. We've all been attacked. We've all been persecuted. But Paul said, none of these things will separate me from the love of God. None of these things will deter me from the power of God that is available at the moment I look upward. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I know we're not Job. I know we haven't got there yet. I mean, God bragged on Job. God looked at the devil and said, have you noticed my servant Job? I mean, Job must have been mighty, mighty in his relationship with God. So I realize we're not Job yet, but we ought to be striving. We ought to be pressing. We ought to be working hard and sweating our guts out to get to that place where we could be like Job. Telling you, I want to be like him. I want to be like Enoch. Enoch walked with God. Was not, for he walked with God. Are you kidding me? He was just so close one afternoon talking to God, him, Lord and him having a good time, laughing and joking. The next thing, God just said, Enoch, you're closer to me than you are to them. Just come on up here. Don't you have that desire inside you? I want to be that close. 
I want, to, I want to have that kind of hunger and that kind of thirst. I'm not there. I'm like Paul, man. I'm pressing. I'm working hard. I still let circumstances discourage me. I still let things bother me. I still let things get me down. But I'm doing my best to slay it and crucify it every day. I'm doing everything in my power to get to the place where I can stand on top of the mountain with Paul and say, I'm headed towards that prize and nothing is going to keep me from it. This one thing I do. And I walked out of Miami Valley Hospital seven years ago. And you all, many of you have gone here any length of time. You, you know that was when my mother passed away. My mama was precious. And I loved her. My five sisters, we loved her. My daddy loved her. And, and we, we were so sad and hurt by her. I mean, just like with everyone else, it comes to every home. It comes to every family. You lose someone. You can't hardly breathe at the thought and yet here it was. I remember we'd waited and waited and we'd stayed in the room and we were there with her and, and she had passed and we were just there until the funeral home came and we waited and waited and then we finally decided we would go and we said our goodbyes and I let go of my mama's hand and that about killed me. You know, I've written it down in my journal. I said, nobody on the face of this earth will ever love me like this lady loved me. And that's gone, you know, and you're like, wow. And I walked, I remember letting go of her hand, and I walked out of the room, and I was walking down through the hall of Miami Valley, and we went across the bridge over to the Apple Street garage, and here's all my sisters and my nephews and nieces, my brother-in-laws and my dad, and we're all just silent, and we're walking across that bridge. And I looked out, and the windows, the sun was setting, and the clouds were beautiful and everywhere, and there were all kinds of X's in the sky, and that was something special that my mom loved, and... Sure enough, the clouds were everywhere lined up like that. And I looked up and I looked back at my sister Melissa and I said, no regrets. And she just looked at me and I said, I loved her every possible way a son could love a mom. I loved her. I took care of her. I honored her. I, I, if she even thought she wanted something, I'd make it happen. I mean, she, she had this thing in her head. She, when she was a little girl, she had this porcelain Shirley Temple doll, and she talked about it, and I was determined. I went looking on eBay and Craigslist. I searched for months. I finally found one, and I had to pay big bucks for that thing. But I found it. I bought it. I took it to her, and I took it to her chair and gave it to her, and my mama sat there and bawled her eyes out. It took her back to when she was a little girl. And I was so happy. I mean, I love that lady. I loved her as good as I can. And I remember my thought and my feeling as I walked out of Miami Valley was I said, I have no regrets. No regrets. I loved her as good as I could love her. And I thought about that. I, I thought about that when I walked out of the hospital at Bethesda North that night that I went and sat with Linda for a couple hours and, and just had been led by the Holy Spirit to go there and just sit with her and be with her. And I walked out and looked up at the sky. And when I got to my car, and I said, no regrets. You know, I got to spend time with her. Loving people, hang, hanging on to our loved ones and making sure we embrace every moment and we don't let minutes and hours and days and months and years go by, but we embrace our loved ones. These are good things. No regrets. I had no regrets. This morning early when I was praying, I looked up and I said, Lord, I want to live my life loving you and honoring you and pursuing the prize of you with no regrets. I don't want to leave anything undone. 
I don't want there to be one thing I could have done that I didn't do to love him more. I want to know him. I want to know him. Paul, Paul said that I may know him. Now, he, he did know him. He was a, a disciple. He, he was an apostle. He, he, had, he had a relationship with the Lord. But he still felt that in that relationship, he had not yet obtained. He, had, he never felt like he got there. And I feel that same way this morning. I have not got there. I want to get there. I can't wait until I get to that place. I want to be like Job. I want to be like Enoch. I want to be like those people that, that feel like their whole life is just, they feel like they're as close as they can be. That's awesome. I want to get there because I keep, keep feeling lack. I keep feeling like I just need to keep pursuing and keep chasing after him. And the, what I found to be true is that the more I search him out, the more I hunger for him, the more I desire him, the more that I want to have more. It's like it's a never-ending thirst. It's always constantly there in front of me. I want no regrets, no reserves, no retreat. I want to live my life knowing that I am headed towards God and I ain't letting anything detour me or stop me. I hope and my heart is that it will be transferred into you this morning, that you will have the same passion and the same desire to love Him with every ounce and fiber of your being. Don't let attitudes, don't let problems, don't let unhappiness in this life, don't let your circumstances cause you to get bitter and unforgiving and get a root of bitterness down inside you. Don't let a cancer start to get down inside your soul. Man, let it go. There is nothing more important than staying clean and pure before your God so that one day you can walk on streets of gold knowing that there was nothing that kept you from being there it's important that we make sure there's nothing everybody is going somewhere in their life my question to you is where are you going to be when you get there everybody's going somewhere you either got a a heart full of bitterness and you're angry at the world and it's everybody else's fault can I just tell you something if you're unhappy it's your fault Did I say that? That's because I'm sick. <laughs> if, you're, if you're sitting here today and you were just unhappy, it's her fault. It's his fault. I'm unhappy. And it's their fault. No, it's not. It's your fault. Do something about it. You choose to be happy or unhappy every day of your life. You make choices every day to live your life to your fulfillment. Or to live it out in bitterness, live it out in trouble, make the wrong choices, going to all the wrong places. Make a decision that you're going to pursue the very peace and power and presence of God in your life. And you're going to do everything he's called you to do. Because you can't be unhappy in the middle of what he's called you to do. It's impossible. Search him out. Find his strength for your life. Get set. Get set. I'm getting ready to close. Gary can start playing. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal it to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example. I found that to be very interesting. He said, follow my example. You know why he could say that? He didn't have an egomaniac. He wasn't an egomaniac. He didn't have an arrogancy or conceit anywhere in his body. Yet he said six times in the New Testament, follow me. Follow me. 
Come and follow me. Follow my example. And he did that because he, he knew something. He is I. He had Jesus in his eye. He knew what he was after. He knew where he was going. And he absolutely trusted that he was going to get there and nothing was going to keep him back. And so anybody in his path that's looking for the same thing, follow me because he is so determined he's going to get there. I remember when I was, I was in uh, Paris, France with our young people. We were stopping through there on a mission trip. We took a day, one day to go to Paris and it was awesome. Except for one little small problem, I got them out and got them lost. And so we're in Paris. We have no idea. Everything in Paris is not blocks, it's circles. So we just kept walking in circles everywhere we went. And it, it was just late. And some of the kids that even had the best spiritual attitude were starting to get a little grumpy. And I remember finally, I got something smart in my head. I saw the Eiffel Tower. And I just started walking towards the Eiffel Tower because it was up. And so I just kept heading towards that because I knew our hotel was to the left of the Eiffel Tower. So we just started going towards the Eiffel Tower. I said, follow me. They were like, we're done following you. But they were doing it. took us several hours to get back to the hotel. I don't mind telling you. But we got there. You know why? Because I kept my eyes on what I knew. Paul said, follow me. As I follow Christ. As I go after Christ. As I go, I see him. I know where he's at. I know how to get to where he is. I know what that is. So follow me. And I have, I feel enough. I got enough fire and passion in my spirit this morning to look at every one of you and say, follow me as I follow him. Because I'm going to him. I'm going to get to that throne if it's the last thing I do. I'm going to get to where Linda is worshiping. I'm going to get to where Virgil's at. I'm going to get there. I'm going to see Virgil. I'm going to see him again. There ain't no doubt. I'm going to get there. So you can follow me. I, I'll have to follow you because I know you'll be running. I know where they're at. I know how to get to him. And I'm not going to stop, Sister Mimi, until I get to him. I'm not going to stop until I see him for myself. I'm not going to stop until I hear him say, Ray, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Now enter into the joy of the Lord. I'm not going to stop until I hear that for myself. I'm happy about your experience. I'm happy about your testimony. I love them. I'm a pastor. We love them to hear them. And we love to be a part of them. We celebrate with you. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not basing my experience on your experience. I'm going to get my own. I'm going to have my own powerful relationship with God. I'm going to have my own answered prayers. I'm going to have my own relationship so that when I get there and I see him for myself, I will be jumping for joy and I'll hear him call my name. And I can't wait to hear what it sounds like to hear his voice, to see his face and to know that he was waiting on me. Amen. Stand with me this morning. On your mark, get set. Now we go. We go. And in that go, it means two things. Forgetting what's behind and pressing towards what's ahead. Right? Forgetting what's behind. They hurt you. They offended you. 
they, they made choices that affected you. What are you going to do about it? You're going to let it fester inside you? You're going to let it kill you? What are you going to do? There's only one thing. Forget it. Forgive. If you need to forgive, forgive. If you need to let it go, let it go. But let God have his way in your life. Amen. It's time to move forward. Press towards the goal. Press towards the goal. You know, I feel like just saying, I mean, I hope there wouldn't anybody be this way, but if there is, this is where we ought to be with one another. Everybody ought to be this way. If I hurt you, I am the one of the most imperfect people there'll ever be. You follow me around, talk to my staff. They'll tell you how imperfect I am. If I hurt you or if I offended you, I am sorry. Please forgive me. As good as I know my heart, I would never intentionally do that ever. I will always lay down. And, and let, you, let you walk right over top me, usually. I'm sorry. And we ought to have that same attitude with one another. I'm sorry. And you ought to look at one another and say, I'm sorry. If you talk short to somebody, you know, one of the things I don't like the most is when people talk short to people. I don't like that. It makes me upset. If you've talked short to people, if you've been rude to people, if you ever call the church office and, and I answer the phone and I'm short with you, I said that one time several months ago, and Janelle was like, now they're going to think that I answer the phone like that. She's always so sugary nice. It's so awesome. But anywhere in this church where there's need of forgiveness, forgive. Let it go. A family member needs you to forgive them. Let it go. They need you to, to make it all right. What are you waiting on? You waiting on them to come to you because it will make you feel what? Justified? Better? It'll make you holier? Get to them as fast as you can. Get to them after church today. Find them. Let it go. You're mad at somebody in the youth group? Let it go. Nobody meant to hurt you. They're not out to get you. They didn't call a mafia hit list on you. Just let them go. They're having a bad day. Forgive them. Can I get an amen? amen? Forgive one another. Don't let anything keep you from the prize. Don't let anything keep you from the power of God. And answered prayers. I have a feeling we're going to come back here tonight and we're going to have some answered prayers in this house. I'm believing every time we come together, we're going to see more answers to prayer because we're getting ourselves positioned for greatness with God. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. Mm.